What's going on, guys? Sorry about that little technical difficulties, but uh, it is time for a Friday Night Live. Let's get things rolling. What is going on? I was trying to figure out why everybody wants to do their live videos right now at nine o'clock. Might have been nine o'clock on Friday nights for three and a half years. But anyway, we'll get that worked out in the back end. It's crazy. But uh, if I got to change my days, I'll definitely change it so uh, so everybody gets a chance to watch all their favorite YouTubers do their lives. Oh, man. What's who all's on here? Let's see. Ernest Cole Fishing. What's going on, man? Jackson Jones, Dave Carver, how you doing, brother? What is up? What is up? Oh man. Um let's see. Oh, Tackle Junkie's testing his new computer tonight. We'll be streaming on Thursday again next week. Good. Jimmy, dang gummit. <laughs> oh man. Hope he doesn't stay on long because it, it thins out everybody's numbers. That's okay. It is what it is. <laughs> I love that guy. Let's see. Um, who else is on here? John Larson, what's up, man? What's up, Sean Lay? Yeah, you got to see me on the KVD show. That's awesome, brother. Yeah, if you guys didn't check it out, it's a really good show. Uh, Kevin Van Dam has a um podcast on Wednesday nights at eight o'clock, and they air them on the Plano Facebook page and another YouTube channel. I'm not, I didn't ever, I never checked out to see which one that was. So. But uh, it was good. We talked about tackle organization. I shared some pretty cool secrets that I've been keeping for a while, and uh, and it was a lot of fun, man. It was a lot of fun. So, goodness, goodness, goodness. Uh, Bowden Bass, what's happened to all the uploads? Uh, I've been taking care of family mainly. Um, after having COVID and holidays all came together at the same time, along with uh, family issues and and just getting things right, I was, you know, right around the farm. And then I took off, went to Florida for three weeks and got way behind on my honeydew list. So, but I've got one already uploaded, ready to launch. I was going to launch it yesterday, but, uh, the, uh, our power was out. So, uh, it'll be at launch probably Sunday. And then tomorrow I'm filming one, possibly two more. So they're coming just slowly, but, uh, I'll get back in the rhythm here shortly. I'm heading to, uh, Lake Murray, South Carolina on Monday, going to be down there till Sunday, the uh, the following Sunday. So I got a tournament. Um, actually, I got two tournaments, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. So hopefully I can come back with a little bit of a little bit of a check. So other than that, I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. So let's see. Andy K, thanks, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> Black Bass Angler, what's up, Hollywood? No, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, what's a good spinning rod for jerk baits? Whoo, spinning rod. I just normally would use like a medium or even a medium light. Depends on the size of the jerk bait. I like to use little two, you know, double hooked, two treble hooked jerk baits. So I would throw it on a medium light. Uh, this, the, the bait caster that I use is a very, very limber, medium, uh, moderate, but, uh, it was a custom. It wasn't a custom. It was a, a prototype that 13 sent me and, uh, had me test out for, for square bills. And it was way too limber for square bills, but it's a perfect, perfect jerk bait rod. So 
Let's see what else is going on. Let's um, don't forget about uh, Stuck on Fluke, the giveaway I do every single month. Uh, you win a $50 gift card to Tackle Warehouse, $50 gift card to my my uh, website, and you also can win a uh, a trip with me in May. When I What I'm going to do is I'm going to take all the winners from each month, throw them in a hat, pick a name, then I'm going to go to your house, pick you up, and go fishing. So it ought to be fun, fun, fun. But uh, all you got to do is go to my website, buy a sticker, take a sticker, put it on something, uh, and then take a picture of it and put it on Instagram with the hashtag stuck on fluke. Ooh, I had some pizza tonight. I probably shouldn't have eaten it, but it was good. Um, all right, let's get into some Q&A. I just want to get rocking and rolling. Uh, David Carver says, hey, Gene, what rod would you pair with the Concept Z slide for plastics and jigs? You know, the Z slide is kind of a pretty cool little reel. I, I only have two of them. Um, and where I, for me, where I see the advantage of being able to adjust your brakes on the fly is when you're fishing docks or skipping underneath cover and just kind of pitching and skipping. And, and uh, you know, you, you've got, you want to loosen them up just a little bit for skipping. And so you loosen your brakes up a little bit for skipping. And then all of a sudden you have something over here you want to cast to real quick. You got to, a lot of times you got to tighten down your cast control knob and make a cast. Well, what I do is I just flip that switch, you know, turn one brake off and go. And that's basically what that switch is. It's you can add or take away one break is what you're doing. And so, um, you know, skipping, 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 make a cast. You just flip the switch, make the cast, flip it back and go back to, uh, to skipping again. So I'm trying to figure out why my desk is shaking. I'm not even touching it. Um, but anyway, so my, my kids use my office as their virtual learning class for school because it's got a cool background and it makes them look cool. They like to put, to put their feet up on my desk and it has loosened all of the nuts and bolts on my desk. And my desk is a metal and glass desk held, held together by a bunch of Allen screws. So it wiggles and I got to tighten everything down. But anyway, good question, David. Appreciate it. Let's see. What's up, David Carlson? How you doing, man? Uh, Jackson Jones, what's your favorite jerk baits for this time of year in Georgia? Whew, I love the old Lucky Craft pointers. Um, I also use uh, Spro McSticks, um, old Rogues. I'm trying to think of the other ones I've got in my box that I run. Uh, Striking uh, jerk baits, the KVD jerk baits, and then. Uh, that's about it. There's some that I'll have. They're just like oddballs I've collected over the years. I have a ton of jerk baits that I rarely ever use except for this time of the year, but those are the main ones I usually pull out. I've got one tied on for my trip tomorrow to the Lanier. Um, and it is a, a pointer, a, a old lucky craft pointer. It's a discontinued color that they haven't made in probably 12 to 15 years. So, and I had, I bought seven or eight of them years ago when they discontinued that color. But, uh, it's pretty crazy when you can pull something off of uh, out of a drawer and it's still in the package 15 years later and you pull it out and, and it's just, a, you know, 15 year old bait, but it's never, it's brand spanking new. Um, Jim Dillard, I absolutely cannot find fish in the winter, but I'm on the bank. Any advice? Yes. Go find if you're, I don't know what kind of water you're fishing. Go find the steepest bank that you can safely fish. It's usually where the, creek channel or some type of a ditch runs up close to the bank 
and start fishing on the two edges of it, the two sides of that deep bank. It'll, you know, it'll, it'll be kind of flat and then it'll start to steepen up and then the bank will go out like this. Well, you want to fish that part where you want to be standing on that part that just starts to get steep and fish out there and then go to the other side and fish that one right there. They'll be fishing that area. You just may have to fish really, really slow. So and a lot of times they'll put their bellies right on the bottom. Uh, I've been wondering this for a while. What do you have clipped on your hack? This is called the angler bullseye is what it is. Let me show it to you. That's what it is. The anglers angler bullseye. And when I hit the button, I don't know if you'd be able to see this because of the lighting, but a little red light turns on. What that does, that communicates with the app on my phone, the angler app on my phone. And every time I catch a fish, I hit the button and it, it saves the date, the time, the lo GPS location of the fish that I caught on a map. It, it tracks me as I'm fishing. So I know where I go and, and what direction I go. Um, here, let me show it to you a little bit. I'll pull it up, but it keeps track of the fish that I catch. So I'm going to pull it up real quick and just show it to you. And if you, you want more information on this, every one of my videos down in the link has, a, has or down in the description has a link to, uh, to more information about it. All right, so this is the lake I was fishing down in Florida for the tournament. And I'm just, and this is my report. I know you can't see it very good, but it's the map of, the, of where I went. It tells me the air temperature. I go down, it tells me what the barometric pressure was. And I line those up with the times at which I caught fish. These are my fish catches. And I can tell what the weather was doing while I was I was catching fish. And if I had other things like water temperature, uh, it'll it'll hooks up hooks up to a Lawrence or through Bluetooth to a Lawrence depth finder, so to keep track of water temperature and depth and that kind of stuff. I just don't have a Lawrence. But anyway, so what's cool is at the end of the day when I when I finish the report, I can let's see if I can do this to show you guys. I can go back and see and follow my path. And this is what my path looks like. There we go. Focus. That's good. Now. And I was all over the place that day. And it just keeps on going. To, you know, that I caught a fish right there. And I just kind of, and it goes back and I kind of give myself a report of what I do. So that's what's pretty cool about the Angler app. Let me close it out so it doesn't doesn't drain my battery, but that's what it is, man. I love it. Been using it. And what's nice is now a year and a half after I started using it, I go back to these same lakes that I fished during the same period of time. And I can, I can see all of the fish that I caught uh, the year prior. And I can go back and see what I, you know, if I keep good records, see what I caught them on and what the conditions were and all kinds of stuff. Pretty cool. Uh, how are 13 soft baits, man? I am beginning to, there's a few of them that I'm beginning to really, really love the invader, uh, the jerk, um, uh, big the big squirm, worm, that kind of stuff. Those are the ones I'm really starting to to really dive into and really love to fish. Um, a lot of the other ones I really haven't had a chance to gain any confidence of, but they're good quality soft plastics. They last a long time. The ones that need to be tough are tough. The ones that need to be really soft are really soft. Uh, they do they play around with that with the uh, the density of the plastics, which I I really like. And they don't really copy anybody. They have versions of certain things, but they it's their own design, their own look. So, which is pretty cool. Uh, Randfish, what is a good crankbait rod for small crankbaits six to eight feet deep? Six to eight feet, I'm usually throwing a medium moderate uh, rod if for cranks that are throwing going to six to eight. 
a medium heavy moderate would probably work too. I like the, the 13 fishing has one. That's a seven, one moderate cranking rod. And I, that's what I use for my six to eight foot depths. And uh, I don't know if it's a medium or a medium heavy. It's kind of an in-between type deal, but it's a good rod. So. My comments just totally skipped way ahead. And I, I missed a whole bunch of them. Here we go. Uh, what paddle do you use for your kayak? I use a Bending Branches Angler Pro, a Carbon Fiber Pro. Um, it's an expensive paddle. Uh, the What I always recommend is somebody buy a really good paddle. Somewhere like a, a, a Bending Branches Angler Ace is a good one. And the Angler Classic is a good one, too. They don't flex. They're really, really good for getting you know for for lasting a long time they're good and, and durable i just really love them so how's chad going i don't know how hoover's doing he's doing for i mean he's was been down in florida for like a month so he caught a bunch of uh, peacock bass the other day i imagine he's doing pretty good unless something's happened that i don't know about um what do you think about the 13 omen black yak rods you helped design i i love them all the way up and I'm going to be hundred percent honest with you. They are all good except for the, the handles are too short. And I figured this out the hard way. The handles are too short for the heavy long rods. Um, mainly because the things that you fish on them, the bass literally can gain so much leverage on you that you need a, an extra two inches on the butt of the rod to be able to gain leverage. I almost had a, a bass in Florida pull the rod out of my hand. So that's the only thing. The rest of them, dude, being able to switch hands real quick, you're, you know, the rod, the handle's not so long that it gets caught on your PFD. Um, it, it stays out of getting hung up on other things like straps and whatever else you have on. Um, and the cool thing is, is like a seven foot six rod is, is, you know, it's seven foot six, but from the reel to the tip is like a seven eleven rod because all they did was just, slide the real handle real seat down and put the short handle on the seven foot six rod and the they're the omen blanks so they're pretty freaking awesome so i'm proud of them but yeah the, those the heavier ones you gotta really tuck that handle in or you're gonna get the rod ripped out of your hand <laughs> i got it on video too it was hilarious uh i did catch the fish it was during the tournament it was my big fish for our tournament um andy leonard i got you on my fantasy kayak fishing league I'm hoping you do, do do well in the kayak tournaments this year. Man, so far, so good. Um, my first one was kind of a flop. I it was still trying to get used to the new app that they're using, uh, the uh, the Fishing Chaos app. I had some issues with it. My phone wasn't was liking the app. Uh, second day, I ended up coming in fourth. And so that's so I've got a 21st, a fourth, and then we'll see what I do this next weekend on, on, Hart, on, on uh, Murray. So we'll see what happens, man. That's I've, I've fished that lake for a long time. I lived in that area for 15 years, so I know the lake pretty well. Uh, more importantly, I know how to fish uh, blueback herring lakes this time of year. So it, I, I'm going in with my head my head on right, that's for sure. Um, let's see. Thinking of taking a road trip to a lake different than what I'm norm I normally fish, deep, clear lakes with no vegetation. I was thinking of Lake Seminole. Any suggestions? Seminole's a good one. Um, Eufaula would be a good one too. Um, it's kind of a middle of the road. If you if it's got grass, it's got shallows, but it also has that offshore stuff that you might be used to 
Uh, water's not quite as clear, so the bass are going to be a little bit shallower. So it'd be kind of a middle of, middle of the road thing. So I'd go Ufala instead of Seminole to start with. And if you want to go Seminole, that's great. But if you're used to deep, clear lakes, uh, Ufala would, would kind of fall in the middle and be easier for you. Wouldn't be quite such a shock to your system, let's say. So, uh, Fluke Master, do you fish any saltwater? If so, what's your favorite redfish lure? I do fish. Uh, I love to go down to Louisiana. I haven't been in a, about a year and a half, and so I'm really, really fiending to go, but I love to go down there and fish for reds. And I usually just throw a, um, a you know, a, a black paddle tail with a chartreuse tail. Uh, I do all sight fishing. I just try to throw throw something close to, close to them and get them to bite. I'm not really picky. If they're on top water, they're great, but typically I just, I'm throwing that, so um graham gabriel what color is best color depends on the clarity of the water i've got a real good video about how to select colors uh according to the clarity of your water and how to how to how to choose or how to figure out what the clarity of your water is so biggest thing i've learned recently that has changed my thinking was a bass i used to think a bass saw double what you see in the water so if you see a, a white bait a foot deep a bass can see it two feet away but it's, that's not true. True, A bass can see it three feet away. So every for your depth, you just triple it or you you multiply, multiply it. Yeah, well, you triple it, basically. So they can see two feet. If you can see two feet, they can see six feet, you know, that kind of stuff. So I, I'm learning that. And it really it really has changed the way I crank. Uh, I'll crank, you know, I'll crank six to seven feet if, if, they, if I can see two feet. That's for a whole nother video, though. I hate to confuse you guys. Um, <laughs> can we get more tips on up north fishing? Uh, maybe in the summertime, yes. Right now, no, mm -mm. nope. I'm not chipping any ice, I'm not getting an auger out. I, I have ice fishing gear, I just don't like to do it, so uh, not where really my bread and butter, but yeah, maybe in the summertime, I'll get up there in Michigan. I love to go to Minnesota and, and fish, so. Uh, <laughs> Alexander Jackson. This is a good one. How many of you, and this is, I'm going to send this one out to everybody. Be honest. Have you ever had to use socks as your toilet paper? To be honest, no. I always have a, a package of diaper wipes in my boat and in my kayak and in my truck. I always do. So no, I never have. So I always have emergency wipes. So I'd like to see how many other ones have had to use their socks. I have gotten poison, and poison ivy on my butt, though. That's because I sat on it. <laughs> uh, how do I feel about spider wire braid? I haven't used it in many, many, many years. I have no clue. Um, all right, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit because I know I'm way behind. Here's a good one. Silent Night says, can I fish a finesse jig in March or April with a uh, medium power fast action bait caster rod? Yes. Yes, yes, and yes. March and April, are, that's when a finesse jig really, really shines. Uh, I don't know what kind of part of the country, in, but anywhere around the southeast, south, even in into the Midwest, a finesse jig is amazing in March and April. So, and up north, as you start to get ice out, start throwing a finesse jig on rock piles and things like that on drops. You'll be amazed at what you can catch. So, 
<laughs> Dennis, do you not know me? Holy cow. Dennis asks, what are my fishing shoes? Hope it's not Crocs. These are my spares. I had them down here in my office. And I just bought two more pair of Crocs. I bought the new Croc tennis shoes, too. Those were pretty good. So, yes, I wear Crocs. I have very, very wide feet with high arches. And so there's only two brands of tennis shoes in the country that fit me. And they're super expensive. And so I don't. I, I've been wearing Crocs for years just because they, they fit me and they feel good. So, yeah, it sucks. I can be two days trying to find shoes that fit me. Uh, what rods and reels did you use before 13? I had ducats is what I used. I, I bought all the ducats that I had. I never was on sponsor, sponsored by them. Um, but I used them because they were white and you guys could see them on video. Then I went to Ducket and said, hey, man, my YouTube channel is getting real popular. Can we work out a business deal? And they said, nope. And so uh, I really was at that, that, that point in time in my YouTube career where I had to start bringing on sponsors and had to start, you know, helping pay bills and that kind of stuff. And so I got a couple of 13 rods and tried them out and loved them, realized that they were a lot better than the price that they had on there. Uh, and so we started talking and a year later I signed a contract. So I'm never fast at doing anything like sponsorships. I don't jump on sponsorships. Um, biggest thing is, is I want to believe in the product before I ever start talking about it or, you know, or do anything with it. So I really did. I tested those things out and tried them out. And, uh, and that's why I'm with 13, but yeah, ducats were great. They were a little bit lighter on the, on the power than, 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 uh, what was normal. Uh, but they were great rods. They really were. Uh, Carl Rotman, people are really talking about pre-spawn. How many weeks should we delay that line of thinking living in Minnesota? Still eight plus inches of ice on the lake. Um, your pre-spawn will start at ice out. Uh, it will have already started, but you're going to be able to fish those types of conditions and things like that ass, at ice out. Ass? ice out at ice out. And so, uh, that's the biggest thing is, is, uh, it's just, you know, pay attention to, to what the bass are doing when you, when you get to that ice out and use those types of lures, lipless crankbaits, chatterbaits, uh, jerk baits will be the first thing you need to throw. And a jig is the second thing you need to throw. And as that water starts to warm up and gets into the forties, you should start moving that jerk bait a little bit faster and as it gets into the high 40s, a little bit faster and and, and so on and so forth. So you'd be per, you'd, you'd be doing just fine. So. Uh, let's see. I don't even want to. I'm trying to figure out how to read your name. Uh, Mark Caucus Caucus Silverbane. Hope I didn't butcher that, but I probably did. I'm looking at the black omen yak rods. I do not have any bait casting rods yet, which would be a good one to start with. Get the seven foot three medium heavy. I think it's a seven three. I'm pretty sure it is. Seven three medium heavy is one that I would start with. And then your next one, next bait caster should be this the medium. I think it's a seven foot medium. Uh, if you're looking at those, that medium heavy is my favorite Texas rig rod. Matter of fact, I have, I, I got a second one because Jordan kept stealing that one and taking it fishing. 
So I bought him one or and and so he could use it. But yeah, dudes, the 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 medium heavy seven foot three is a great Texas rig, uh jig rod. Um a bunch it'll do a bunch of things really well. Uh oh, that's a great question. Uh Michael Cassidy, are spotted bass similar to largemouth bass as far as behavior? Nah, I, they're actually more similar to smallmouth. Um, if, if you, I, in my mind, you now let me get you into my mind and try not to get too confused because my mind is, is all over the place, but I see spotted or I see smallmouth bass as super aggressive. They love current and they're more active in colder water than a largemouth bass. And I see a largemouth bat, bass as lazy don't like to be in the current and not super aggressive in between is a spotted bass. If you, if that makes sense. So um, I'm going to fish for spotted bass close to the current. I'm going to fish for spotted bass a little bit closer to the main lake and pre-spawn uh, still up in the creeks though, but closer to the main lake and closer to deep water. And I'm going to fish for them with faster baits. I'm not going to be afraid to fish a little bit faster. Um, I'm fishing Lake Lanier tomorrow, which is a, the, a nationally famous spotted bass lake. And we are going to be fishing in the mouths of creeks. And we're going to be fishing. I don't know what the water temperature is. I haven't been there in a couple of years, but I'm guessing it's in the 40s. We're going to be fishing jerk baits, but a little bit faster than we normally would. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. So, but yeah, they're, they're pretty aggressive. And they love to school up and they'll suspend a little bit more than what a largemouth bass. If a spotted bass is suspended off the bottom, if you see it on the fish finder, if it's suspended off the bottom, it's usually feeding. If a if a, a largemouth is suspended off the bottom, it's usually very inactive. So uh, how did the Motor Guide XI3 hold up in Florida? Any issues with the grass? None. None at all. Um, matter of fact, I could turn it on if I got you know caught up in the grass. I would turn the head of it 90 degrees, hit the high button, turn it back or 180 degrees, turn it back 180 degrees, hit the high button again. And it would pretty much almost always clear the grass. So I loved it man. it was great. Uh, Rhino Joe looks like Gene was running all over. I was all over the place. Sure is. I'm leaving Monday to go to, to uh, South Carolina. So. Whew, I don't know if I'm put out. I'm 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 ready for this tournament traveling stuff. This might be. I'm not. Don't quote me on this, but it might be the last tournament I fish in a little while. We'll see. We'll see. I love being at home, and I need to concentrate more on videos and the tournament stuff. I gets. I get. It's getting in the way, for sure. I'd rather make videos for you guys than to fish a tournament. Um. We'll see how I do. We'll see how I do. Uh, what's the best starting temperature for blade baits? Dude, I fish blade baits as until the water's frozen. And I know that, I know that a lot of ice guys fish similar baits that are really, really small, but, uh, but yeah, it's, and then I'll stop fishing blade baits when they get somewhere around 50 degrees as a, as a, as the water's rising. Graham, Gabriel, I've read, I've answered your question a dozen times or once already. Says what color is best? You'll have to go watch the video about how to choose color. Um, how do you fish the lipless crankbaits and when? I am in South Florida. 
So Florida's a little different. Okay, I will pull a lipless crankbait out when I'm fishing submerged hydrilla. And if it's mixed in with a little bit of mil milfoil, that's fine. The reason being is because submerged hydrilla is easy to rip out of. Milfoil is a little bit harder and everything else, a, a lipless crankbait will get hung in. So um, that's typically when I fish it. I'm going to fish it real fast and stop real fast and stop. And just three or four turns, stop three or four turns, stop three and real quick stops is what I'm going to do through that hydrilla. And I'm trying to tick the hydrilla, rip it through the hydrilla and get reaction bites. That's the only time I'm going to fish lipless crankbaits. I know there's other times, but when I'm down in Florida, that's what I look for. If, if I can find that submerged deeper hydrilla, I'm going to be throwing a lipless. It just works. So up here, it's a whole lot different. I'm throwing it in cold weather from the time the water temperature hits, comes up to 45 degrees until it gets to 60 degrees. I'm going to be throwing a lipless crankbait. Uh, let's see. Uh, that's a good one. Damien, he's like, uh, what is up? He said, what's up? So this Sunday, the high is going to be like 50 degrees. The water has about three to four feet visibility. What would you throw? And we need to catch up. Uh, yeah, we do, man. I was going to go out to Rocky today and I didn't get it. I got the boat loaded up and got sidetracked and didn't get a chance to get out there. Um, three to four feet visibility. Da, 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 da. Do you throw it on Rocky? I'm going to tell you right now, throw, throw a chatterbait, throw a chatterbait, um, and a lipless crankbait and, and, um, throw that lipless crankbait out on some of our spots. I I know the, the high spots that we always fish, let it sink to the bottom and then pull it slowly, almost like you're on the bottom, like you're fishing a Carolina rig fast, pull it and then stop and reel it and, and just let it sink back to the bottom. So you just literally pull it this far off the bottom, real slow pull and reel up the slack, real slow pull and reel up the slack. Yeah, that's all you gotta do, man. Jerry Franks, Gene, do you ever fish the big fish tournament that came come to town? I don't. I fished one on Clark's Hill several years ago with Ryan. Um, and it was fun. I had a blast. There was a guy that won. And, and then I fished the Wednesday night after that. And that guy showed up with a fish and tried to weigh a fish that was dead. Uh, that was about six pounds and it had been dead for a couple of days. And we all got the feeling that that guy had had some fish in a basket. And we had a feeling that he had cheated on that tournament and they never gave him, gave him a lie detector test. And that's when I stopped fishing those tournaments. They're going to, if they're going to tell you, they're going to give you a lie detector test. They better give you a lie detector test. Cause I, I'm 95% sure that guy cheated on the, at the big fish tournament. He won the boat. He won the whole thing, brought in two, two giant fish. And he never shows up for Wednesday night tournaments, ever. He just showed up and tried to weigh a dead fish. And we had never seen him before. So needless to say, he uh, he, he lost a reputation pretty darn quick around us. Um, let's see. Cynthia says, what is your first bait for spring in northern Ohio? Um, depends on what you mean spring is. But I always look at water temperature, and this is how I break it down. If my water temperature is below 50 degrees, I'm throwing a jig and a jerk bait. 
and maybe a slow lipless crankbait like I was just telling Damien. Once it hits 50 degrees, I'm going to bring in a chatterbait. I'm going to bring in a lipless crankbait. I'm going to bring in a spinnerbait. Gets into the mid 50s, I'm going to start fishing all of those baits faster. And I'm also going to bring in a Texas rig creature bait, something with a lot of things that flop is, is all I'm looking for. Um, and then uh, once it gets up into the 60s, I'm starting to look for spawning fish and I'm going to throw the stuff I throw for spawning bass, which is a whole bunch of things. So that's kind of how I look at it. That's, that's my bread and butter. You're going to see videos about that here shortly. Tomorrow I'm fishing a chatterbait or I'm filming a chatterbait video. I might even film a jerkbait video, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not really prepared for one, but definitely a chatterbait video. So it's time to, up, to update mine. It's, it's got a lot. I've learned a lot of information since the last video. Uh, da, 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 da. Let me think. I'm just trying to find a different, a good question. Dylan Henderson, what do you fish on Lake Atena during spawn? I like to fish, honestly, little baby, the little zoom lizards, the small ones. I think they're called baby lizards. But anyway, those on a little bitty uh, um, offset worm hook and a quarter ounce weight on the front. I love to fish that for Altoona spotted bass. I don't know what it is, man, and the green pumpkin. But I have absolutely wrecked them on Altoona during, during the spawn with that little bitty bait. So... When do you say the pre-spawn starts in the Central Valley, California? This is this is how you, this is how I judge when the pre-spawn is, is going on. Your when your nighttime temperatures start to be warmer than your water temperatures and consistently warmer. So say our water temperatures right now are in the 40s. If that water temperature is in the 40s and in the 40s and in the 40s and you know every night and then all of a sudden you see 4 days where it's 50 you know, 52, 51, 52, somewhere around there, that water temperature is going to warm up. And that's when the bass are like, whoop, it's time to go. It also has to do with the amount of the angle of the sun and, and amount of, of hours of daylight during the day. That'll spark it too. But my, my, my thought is that they become more active and they're more, they're easier to fish once that water temperature starts to rise and stay, you know, start to, it continues to rise. Um, from the coldest temperature it is in the wintertime. So it's not a date. It's no, nothing like that. It's, it's your, your conditions. So, and the, and the amount of daylight um, thing that a lot of people talk about, it's usually in mid February is when that's, that happens, you know, early to mid February. Uh, Gene, how do you feel about keeping fish in an aquarium? Um, I small ones, I don't mind, like little baby bass and that kind of stuff. I don't see any problem with that. But those guys who throw these, you know, four and five pounders in in swimming pools in their backyard and that kind of stuff, I don't. Hmm, I'm not. I'm not a big fan. It's not something I'm going to judge them over. But I'm just. I wouldn't do it. I'm, I, I want a pond in my backyard full of fish. Is what I want. I don't want a puddle. So bass love to move. They love to be able to get away from hot temperatures and that kind of stuff. So. Uh, 
see every time I start to read something that the, the screen pops and, and it and the comment goes away. Um, Jacob Nutter, he says, been going through and, and watching all your videos. When you create an updated video with new information, do you delete the older version? No, I don't. Nope. I keep the older one as well. Um, it, it's pretty cool to go back and watch the older ones and then and then see how much more I've learned about certain things. And the, and the Chatterbait is a prime example. Uh, that older video is a great video. I catch fish. I talk about the ways I fish them and stuff like that. But we've got new models of chatterbaits that have come out that you fish a little bit different, that sound a little different, and the bass react different too. We've got, um, uh, and my knowledge of how they're made and what they're going, you know, how how fish react to them has has increased a lot. And that's why I'm going to redo that one tomorrow. So I just hope I can get it up sometime next week. Let's see. Would you agree that a white craw creature bait is good to throw in stained pond during spawn? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's not a bad one. May we, I mainly throw white baits just so I can see them in the water when I'm sight fishing for bass is what I do. Um, uh, if I can get away with like a green pumpkin or a natural color, I'd rather use it though. Good budget friendly pitching rod. Second question, left-handed crank and reel. Whew, all right, budget-friendly pitching rod. That's an easy one. Uh, a pitching rod is, for me, is a 7-4 heavy. Um, and not super long, not not short, but, you know, and and with a little bit of tip. But I love a 7-4 heavy, heavy for pitching. Um, and, and the budget just depends on what you can afford. I throw, the ones I throw, $100 rods. They're the, the, the new uh, V3 that's coming out this month uh, from 13. That's a $100 rod. The Fate Black is what I've been throwing for a long time. Their newest version is coming out, and it's $80, and I'm going to have one of those in a 7'4 heavy. So pretty good rods. But um, for as for your second question, left-handed reel, that is personal preference, especially for me. I've got two left-handed reels that are specifically for punching, and I put them on my rods in down in Florida. I fished them for two days, and I flat sucked. I could not, um, I can pitch and flip with my left hand. No problem with the, with the, the reel in my left hand. I can flip and pitch with the reel in my right hand. Does not matter when the reel is in my right hand and I've got to turn the handle with my left hand with a bass on the other end. I cannot do it. It's just physically and mentally impossible for me to manage that fish with the rod in my right hand. So I'm going to be fishing the rod in my left hand. I just don't lose fish with the rod in my left hand. It's crazy, but it's all personal preference. So what's a good time of the year to fish it, to use a chatterbait. It is easier to say the period of time when you wouldn't use a chatterbait. The only time I would not use a chatterbait is in when water temperature is below 40 degrees. Other than that, I'm using them all year long. If there's grass present, I'm throwing a chatterbait. If there's, I mean, all year long, except for when the water temperature is below 40 degrees. It just has too much action for them. So, and I imagine I could probably make some fish bite. There's just more other different lures I'd rather fish when it's that cold. So. Oh, thought my wife texted me, but nope, she's in the middle of a group chat that evidently I'm part of. So, um, Brian Lobkovich. Have you fished in Michigan? I have. If so, what's your largest Michigan largemouth and smallmouth? Ooh, I can't remember. I think I caught a five. Last time I was in Michigan, I caught a five and a half largemouth. 
and somewhere around a four smallmouths. Not we didn't get into really good smallmouth. We tried. Um, wait, no, that one was five and a half pounds. The one I caught in that um in that canal on Lake St. Clair. Yep. So that's it. So it's on video somewhere where I was fishing with uh, Ben Nowak and, and Alex Rudd. You'd be able to see that smallmouth. So it was pretty cool. Pretty freaking amazing. Do you ever use a wake bait and when is the best time to use it? I haven't used a wake bait in a number of years, but when I do use them, I'm usually fishing summertime um, on lakes that have schooling fish. They're really, really effective on blueback herring lakes. Uh, which there aren't very many of those in the in the country, but they're also effective in the heat of the summer when you know that there are some bass shallow in like wood and that kind of stuff. I'll throw it around wood cover and and uh, and my favorite wake bait is the T H K O K O T H K O uh, wake bait, custom wake bait. They're not expensive. Uh, he makes a bunch of them. So and they, what it is, it's a a wake bait that looks like a fat crankbait and it's got a, a, a jig skirt off the back treble and the bass absolutely a wreck them. So that's why I have a whole box of them. Uh, best rod for spinner baits and chatter baits. Um, a medium heavy is a, a good one to start with. It's like a medium heavy moderate. Uh, seven foot four. If you go into like 13's lineup, they have one that's specifically for chatter baits. It's called the chatter crank rod, but they don't call it the chatter crank rod anymore. You go into the bait casters and look for the seven foot four moderate. If you go into the cranking rods, you're in the rods wrong section. If you go into tackle warehouse, you go look for the, the seven, four medium, heavy, moderate. And that is, uh, the chatter crank rod. And it's just got a little bit more backbone backbone and it's perfect for spinner baits and chatter baits and large square, large square bills and lipless crank baits. So, uh, <laughs> Jim Dillard, I think you're a great guy. Thank you for catching my wife when her chair collapsed. I want to donate. How do I do that? <laughs> Um, there's a little, uh, uh, button at the bottom looks like a dollar sign in YouTube and it's called super chat and just follow the directions. Once you click on that. Thanks, man. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, David Neal. Thanks for the three bucks. He, he says you missed my first comment and donation. I did because it didn't pop up. It means YouTube's messed up. Shoot. Sorry, man. Let me see if I can find it. There it is. Uh, are you as happy as me going to PK? Woohoo. I had never even heard of that lake. Um, what's it called? It's called uh, something kingdom. Holy crap. What's the name of that lake? Um, uh, it's in Texas where they're fishing the BASS kayak championship, but uh, I'm excited, man. I'm definitely going to try to go. I got to look at my schedule and make sure everything's good and it should be. So it'd be pretty cool. So, but man, oh man, I've never even seen that lake. That'd be pretty neat. There's not a whole lot of Airbnbs around there, though, which is which is kind of concerns me because that's where I like to stay. Uh, okay, Dane uh, Pikowski, what would be the best way to remember what pound test of line you have on your bait caster or your casting reels? I <laughs> got it. Let me show you what I do. So I have this. I went to Hobby Lobby. And you go into the scrapbooking section and they have these hole punchers that punch like different shape of holes. And I just got the square one, the little quarter inch square 
hole puncher. And I punch, um, uh, I punch out stickers out of uh, masking tape, the green painter's tape. And then I stick them right there on my reel. Okay, so here's the reel. There's the handle. There's where the, the gears are. And I stick it right there. And that one says 20, 20 F, 20 pound fluorocarbon is what that says. It's upside down for you guys, but 20 pound fluorocarbon. And it does not, I don't knock it off when it's on the re rod or anything else. And all I got to do is I got to look real careful, but I look down in between the rod and right there and I can see it's got 20 pound fluoro on it. And then when I switch the spools out, I don't know if you guys saw that on the video, the KVD video the other day uh, or the podcast. I change the spools out and I change the line and the spool itself will have usually and this time and this one, it doesn't, but the spool itself will have a sticker on it, holding the, the, the line down and I'll, and it's usually a square green sticker, just like the one on that. And I'll take it and move it over and stick it right there. So I know what line is on that reel. So that's that. So Red Osprey, man. Thanks for the five bucks, brother. He says, what do you think of the effectiveness of near transparent lure colors like the KVD Ocho in glacier colors? Dude, um, in super clear water, let me give you one of my tricks that I've been doing for years. Super, super clear water. Clark's Hill used to be a really clear lake. Uh, had hydrilla in it. Hydrilla is a great filter, so on and so forth. And, and it's a topwater lake. There's They school almost year-round there. I always threw a super clear or a clear super spook junior. And I've caught thousands of bass on that super spook junior, but I put a red treble hook on the front and that was the target. These bass would come out of 15, 20, 25 feet of water and hit top water. And they would always get that red hook because they could see it on their way up and it was a target. Um, I'm a believer in it, especially in those, that clear water. You don't want them to get a good look at the bait. And so the clearer the bait, the better. Uh, I throw uh clear kvd square bills that they they made them so painters could paint them but i buy them and and put hooks on them and just use them straight clear you know again i might put a red treble on the front if i feel like they need a target that kind of stuff um let's see <laughs> Bill Weaver, I love this question. He says, do you use much plastic? Um, what's your favorite three rigs? I'm a probably 60% Texas rig guy. I'm going to throw a Texas rig a lot. Um, in the early spring, I throw something that's called a creeper head, which is a, a shaky head that you drag on the ground. And I'll throw a creature bait on it, something like that. And then my third favorite would be a Carolina rig. Um, which I absolutely love throwing and I, I don't talk enough about it, but it, it, it's one of my favorite rigs. So those are the three, um, soft plastics, man. You put any soft plastics on any one of those rigs. So Nathan Conley, thanks for the five bucks Canadian brother. Appreciate it. He says in a tournament, in a kayak tournament, do you fish areas, even if you aren't picking fish up on your electronics or do you just cover high percentage spots regardless? If I'm not picking up like bait and I'm not seeing life in the or in my general area, I'm not fishing. I may make a few casts as I'm moving, but I'm not going to slow down and not going to to pick the place apart. Once I start seeing concentrations of bait and concentration of life in the area, that's when I'll slow down. So, and every time I see a high percentage spot in those areas, I'm gonna stop and throw at it. 
So thanks for the five bucks Canadian, man. I appreciate it. Chance Shafter, thanks for five dollars. He said, would you recommend a bona fide SS 127? I'm about to buy one. Just want to hear your thoughts on it. I love my boat. Um, sponsorship or not, throw the sponsorship out the freaking door. I love my Bonafide. I love it. Um, it's awesome with a motor. Um, because of my tendonitis, I don't paddle much anymore. I can paddle all day, but then I'm, I'm recovering for about a week and a half, two weeks. So I, I love having the XI3 on the, on the front. But it is a great kayak. Super stable. You can fish standing up in it all day long. You can fish sitting down in it all, all day long. And your joints and stuff don't ache at the end of the day. So I love it. Man, it's a great boat. And so, and the 127 hole is, is stable enough and big enough to hold all of my junk and which I really like. So it's pretty cool. It's a good question, man. Appreciate it. Uh, Possum Kingdom. That's the name of the lake. Why would they name a lake Possum Kingdom? Please explain this to me, Texas, but it looks like a fun lake to fish. So Let's see. Um, in what situation should you throw a Carolina rig and what lure bait do you use? Um, I'll throw a Carolina rig. Oh, shoot. Most of the year. Um, early in the spring, I'm throwing creature baits. I'm throwing lizards. And as, a, as you get into post-spawn, I'm going to throw worms, uh, ribbon tail worms, straight tail worms, that kind of stuff all summer long. And then in the fall, I'll throw a fluke on it um, or some type of a, a, a worm or some type of a paddle tail. Uh, what other things? Do I, I love throwing a, a, a Cinco on it and I'll throw a Cinco throughout the summer. Uh, it catches a lot of good fish. I usually throw a Cinco on a little bit longer leader, something like a 24 to 36 inch leader. But, um, but yeah, those are the, those are the styles. And that's typically the, the, my time frame of when I throw that kind of stuff. Did I get that one? Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, let's see. Do you use Elastic or regular soft plastics for Ned rigs? Almost always Elastic, just because it floats so well. <coughs> you get the best action out of a Ned rig with a floating plastic on it. And so, and, and nothing beats Elastic for floating. Unfortunately, you can't dip Elastic in JJ's Magic, which sucks. Because I put every soft plastic I throw in the water, I have JJ's Magic on it. And so, um, but you can't do it with, uh, with elastic cause elastic will dissolve in JJ's. It's a pretty cool magic trick though. Um, do you ever throw a Carolina rig, a uh, shallow three foot or less? Sometimes, not usually, not usually. I usually use it for structure fishing, fishing a little bit offshore. Maybe I'll throw it in like shallow, large flats, like they have stump flats that are three, four foot deep. But not very often. Uh, let's see. Uh, here's one. Damien says, okay, March 6th, I have a tournament at Lake Gunnersville and thinking about going where you go. I'm not going to blast it. And I don't want you to say, say but would you? what would you throw? Um, Damien, throw a flat-sided square or a flat-sided bait. Play around with your depths. 
Uh, sometimes they're in seven feet deep. Sometimes they're in four feet deep. So especially in March, on March 6th, uh, take you some red flat-sided crankbaits out and throw them. Uh, they're hard to find right now in tackle shops. They're pretty much everybody's sold out of flat-sided crankbaits. So use the ones you've got if you got any. Um, yeah, that's definitely what I would do. And a, and a lipless crankbait. Um, hit me up on Facebook. I'm going to give you a secret color lipless crankbait for Gunnersville that I haven't shared with anybody. So you better keep it secret or I'll come hunt you down. Uh, da, 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 da. Do you use blade baits? If, if you do, when is the best time and conditions to use it? I use blade baits when the water temperature is below 40, um, all winter long, pretty much all winter. And I fish them real close to the bottom. Typically, like I said, once it reaches 40, there's other baits I would rather throw. Not saying that a blade bait won't work. It's just other ones I will have tied on and throwing. So, uh, Dag is 56. Thanks for the 350. He says, stuck in Michigan, waiting for the ice to melt. Dude, that sucks. <coughs> that really does, man. It is cold this summer or this winter summer. Dang. Global warming is getting us. I'm telling you. <laughs> anyway, um, bacon or chicken wings. Oh my goodness. I had bacon tonight on my pizza. But girl, I'm a I'm a chicken wing guy. I am I make some of the best smoked chicken wings on the planet. I make my own sauce, uh, own buffalo sauce. I make my own barbecue sauce. I'm a chicken wing freak. I probably buy every other week. I'll buy a family pack of wings and I'll butcher them up myself and 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 get them going. So yeah, smoked wings. But I've had wings all over the country, including in Buffalo, New York. So. Um, if you will have four rods, two medium and two medium heavy, which lines would you choose? Almost all your lures, the mediums, I tend to throw 12 pound on, uh, just a good all the way around one, and it works really well with that rod, medium heavies, uh, 15 or 17. And yeah, that's it. And I'm going to throw Seaguar Brazex on all of those. Just it's, it's the one I've been using for about five years and it is my confidence. Confidence line. I would have not had a problem with them. So, uh, Avery, flats or drums? Both. Both. I love a mix of, of both flats and drums. Man, chicken wings. Holy crap. Um, Yeah, I smoke my chicken wings for two and a half hours on low, as low as I possibly can get it and still get smoke out. Uh, then I pump it up to about 275, 250 for another hour. And then once they're almost done, but the skin needs to be crisp, I pop it up to 450 degrees and and literally crisp out the skin and pull them off. And, dude, the meat's falling off the bone, and it's got the best flavor. And the rub I use has got, got 22 different spices in it that I've, that I've figured out and made myself, and it's just it's awesome. So, yeah, chicken wings are my thing. Um Clemson, $4.99. Thanks, man. Thanks for the five bucks. Sorry, I'm trying to read and talk at the same time. If ever in North Carolina and need a tooth extracted or root canal, hit me up. <laughs> Wheelis Chatterbait or Swim Jig in heavy cover. Um, whoo, that's hard, dude. If it if if it's post-frontal, if you had a cold front move through, I'd throw a swim jig. If you've had good stable weather for like three or four days. Um, then a, then a chatterbait. That's probably what I would do. I would try to start with a chatterbait, but typically during tough conditions and weather and that kind of stuff, 
a swim jig is going to work a little bit better just because it's not quite so invasive. So it doesn't make any, hardly any noise. Thanks for the five bucks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, share that Buffalo sauce recipe. It's pretty simple. Frank's red, red hot. Um, I don't measure, I don't ever measure anything, but Frank's red hot, a little bit of onion powder, take a whole bottle of Frank's red hot, dump it in a bowl, a little bit of onion powder, a little bit of garlic, uh, minced garlic, uh, some, about a half a cup, maybe three quarters of a cup of, of molasses, um, and a stick and a half to two sticks of butter. Heat it all up and uh, I'll take an empty bottle of Frank's and I'll fill them both up with the sauce and have them for days weeks so that's pretty much what it is i throw a little bit some of the, it depends on how i feel that day whether i throw anything else in there but only frank's red hot as the base um how's your airbnb at lake murray middle of the lake uh where is it no it's it's down towards the dam so it's like a 30 or 40 minute drive to everywhere from there so i'm not i'm, I'm okay with it so, uh, what do you think tastes better, bluegill or crappy? Crappy all day long. And these are some fun questions. I like these. Uh, Dane Plasky, how do you, what do you feel about people catching fish wild and bringing them home and breeding them uh, their self? Would it hurt the population of the breeding stock? No, it wouldn't. Um, if it's legal, then go ahead. I don't think it's legal in a lot of places. Maybe it is. I don't know, but. That one or two fish, three fish ain't going to hurt nothing. Uh, a bunch of fish really isn't. Down here in the south, you know, everybody talks about how much we we bed fish and sight fish <coughs> um, for tournaments. It doesn't really hurt the population. It really doesn't because there's so many fish that spawn out deep later on in the season. Dang it, I'm out of water. Um, Andrew, I don't know what this jerkbait is. Says, any thoughts on vantage balsa jerkbaits inherited some ugly duckling boxes are trashed but new, save or use, Clark Hill. I don't know, man. I've never even heard of those. If they suspend good, I'd, I'd use them all day long. Uh, let's see. This is a good question. I've got a video that answers this really good, but I'm going to hit the highlights. So I just got myself a boat and can now fish offshore. What baits would I use in a grassy large lake? My favorite baits to use in grass, and it depends on the type of grass, but lipless crankbait, chatterbait, uh, a fluke over the top, um, spinnerbait sometimes. <sighs> trying to think of anything else. Um, and if you need to go finesse, look up my video on the mojo rig. And instead of the weight, the mojo weight, which are hard to find, you can also you can use a pinch on uh, bullet weight or not bullet weight, pinch on a uh, um, split shot weight if you need to. So, oh oh oh, Kelly M, do you like venison chili? Yes, I do. I do. I do. I want a, a chili cook off like probably ten years ago on on my venison chili. Um, yeah, I love it. I ground most of the deer that we take during the season. I usually grind probably 70% of it because we do chili, we do tomato uh, or uh, or spaghetti sauce and that kind of stuff. And I make my own spaghetti sauce from the tomatoes that I grow in my garden. Uh, matter of fact, in that closet behind me, I've got my little makeshift greenhouse sprouting tomatoes right now. I've got 100 and 160 tomato plants, hopefully, is what I'll be planting this year. So... 
Would you trade wings for frog legs with Old Bay on them with butter? Probably not. I love frog legs, but they have to, somebody has to cook them that really knows how to cook frog legs before I'll eat them because they can get tough real quick. So, no, I won't trade chicken wings for those. Not enough meat on a frog leg anyway. Um, have I ever made soft plastic baits? I used to make them with Ryan. Ryan had some, uh, made some really good Cinco's. So his, uh, his, his, uh, screen name on forms used to be Cinco 77. So, but yeah, he used to make some great big seven and eight inch Cinco's that were awesome. Uh, man, I get that question every week. I'm not going to answer it. Vintage as an old. <laughs> Andy Bassin, that's funny. Um, Fluke Master, have you ever used the Zoom Tequila Sunrise? I asked because I have and caught a largemouth. <laughs> I hope is, if Damien's still on here, he can answer that. So there's a tackle shop downtown um, called the Country Sportsman, and I frequent there and spend a whole lot of money there. But every summer, I buy every Tequila Sunrise worm that they have. And I will use every single bag that I buy, uh, usually by the end of the summer. So yes, uh, it's my favorite summertime color. Absolutely my favorite summertime color. So uh, Ron Warbington, Everfish Clarksdale. Yes, the first five years of my YouTube channel, maybe six, were all on Clarksdale. I lived there for 15 years. I used to be stationed at Fort Gordon. Got out of the Army and stayed there and worked at Medical College Georgia for 15 years. Um, chili dogs or coles or slaw dogs, slaw dogs. Yep. Um, <laughs> how come you never mentioned fishing with the fluke anymore? I don't really fish it much. You know, I've done so many fluke videos over the years that I kind of got away from fishing it so I could teach other techniques. And Clark's Hills are really good fluke lake, and I haven't fished it since I moved from there four years ago. So the lakes around me are only fluke lakes, maybe one or two, maybe three weeks out of the year. And then after that, they're not that they're not that great. So, but on Clark's Hill, you fish a fluke all year long. So that you, that has a lot to do with it. Mainly the lakes that I fish. Can you use a ribbon tail and shake your head? Yes, you can. You'll find that the ribbon tail wraps around your line a lot, um, but you can do it. I've done it. I've used to throw an old monster on a shaky head all the time. So what'd you do in the army? I heard you mention it before. I was an x-ray tech and a field medic. So I was a dual MOS, uh, nine one Bravo, nine one Papa. So I would volunteer to go to the field to get my butt out of the hospital. Cause it would drive me nuts being in four walls all day long. So, um, what do you think of the day old guac, guac color? Oh, I put it in the barn. Uh, I love them. I love them. It's a, what a Dale guac is green pumpkin with an orange belly. It's a crawfish color. Uh, from 13 fishing i love it absolutely it's going to be dynamite on clear lakes uh if i can find clear clear water on uh lake murray this next week i'm going to be throwing the dale old dale guac color uh it's just gonna be hard because of all the rain that they've had so let's take a few more questions uh oh here's here's damien's response to my uh my tequila sunrise and it's hard to find them in store in the store because Gene first know how to sh uh, share. Gene first know how to share because he just has to beat me in the tournaments. <laughs> I don't know how to share. You're right. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So Damien and I usually fish side by side in the tournaments. We fish against each other, but we're always talking and, and sharing information. The only problem is, is that I always buy all the te tequila sunrise worms before he does. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Steve Smith says, I'm retired army, uh, our, our armistice. That's awesome, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for your service, brother. Uh, ever thought about redoing your getting into bass fishing series? Yes. Yep. I've thought about this, this year. Um, maybe even into next year. Cause my son, I'm going to try to get my son out on early work release next year so we can film every day. <coughs> but, uh, this year, what we're going to do is I'm doing nothing but instructional videos. I'm going to do a lot of focus on beginner stuff. Um, but I'm also going to hit like lures and techniques as much as I possibly can. So I just need to get everything caught up here in my, my family life before I bust out and just can do a video a day, which it probably will never get caught up. But I'm one of these days, I'm just going to say, you know what? They're just going to have to go aside and I'm going to go bust out 10 or 15, 20 videos. So, um, all right, last question. Uh, is this a fishing channel or a food channel? That's not the last question, Don. <laughs> it can be a food channel. I'm a foodie. Uh, let's see. Here's a, here's the question. What does it say? Uh, fishing the Southeast says, what do you think makes 13 fishing different for other bass fishing brands? And why do you continue to work with them? Uh, the customer service, customer service, quality, innovation, etc. Um, in the beginning, when I first started to use 13 fishing rods, I felt like they were, you were getting more rod and more reel for the money that they were charging for it. So it felt like a better reel and it performed like a better reel than, than the money, when what you paid for it. So it was a better deal. And then I got to know the, the owner and I got to know the guys that, that make the reels and make the rods or design them. I got to know everybody in the company and I realized that one, their integrity is top notch Two, They don't like to follow. They don't like to copy people. They like to do their thing. And three, they want to make the best product they possibly can make enough money to build the business and to have a business, but they want to pass all the savings on to you guys. And so you're going to continue to get the best rods and reels for the money you're spending. I'm not saying that they make the best rods and reels on the market, I'm just saying that you're going to get a better reel than what you paid for. That's what I love about it. Now, with their, their soft plastics and with their hard baits and their new baits that are coming out, I love them because, one, they don't want to copy anybody, okay? And, two, they want to do things different. They want to have different colors. They want to show you different things. And they really are digging into the – with the soft plastics, they're digging into the different – densities of plastic depending on the techniques you're going to be using and that kind of stuff and they're also with their hard baits they're trying to make the best bait they can for the least amount of money the new 6.99 crankbaits and hard baits are amazing and you're only spending seven bucks a piece on them so i love them and i did I had a lot to do with with uh, with those i have boxes of prototypes they don't they didn't just go to china and pick them out of a catalog i've got 3D printed prototypes all the way up to the, the final production before paint that I took out and I tested and I made sure it worked well. And they're only $6.99. And when they told me the price point, that's when I really wanted to help them uh, fine tune those things. So Hunter, man, thanks for the 10 bucks. He says, don't have a ton of confidence on a jackhammer chatterbait. How do you like uh, to fish a chatterbait? 
let me do that video tomorrow and you'll see. But my favorite way to fish it most of the time is to cast it out, especially if there's no grass, cast it out, let it sink to the bottom and just drag it to where I just barely feel that blade thumping and then stop and then pick up my slack and drag it and stop and pick up my slack and you'll get bit. You're only bringing it up about that far off the bottom and those bass will kill it this time of year. But let me film that video for you tomorrow. I've got a whole huge uh, outline of that video and you're going to love it. And I love fishing them, man. I've caught some giants. I, I, that's what I fished all down in Florida and, and, you know, finished fourth in that tournament and, and, uh, and wrecked them. I mean, the last two hours of the day, I caught all of my big fish on a chatterbait. So, uh, all right, I'm going to jump off of here. It's been well over an hour. It's longer than longest one I've done in a long time. Thanks for everybody for joining me. Um, and I uh, appreciate it. Get out there and go fishing. You guys in Texas and in the cold, stay warm. Uh, take care of each other. And most of all, have a good day. But like I would say, be sure to introduce somebody to fishing. Introduce them to my channel. Let me help you teach them how to fish. More importantly, get out on the water, go ahead and catch some fish and have a great day. We'll see you.